through that process of you know finding out what people want and need bringing them together to talk about it designing something with them you're going to come up with something that will you know hopefully be a way of, of connecting more genuinely with that community if there's been one common theme of this podcast over the last few years is that the journalists need to be better listeners otherwise how will they know what their community needs and how they can best deliver it to them i'm michael o'connell this is it's all journalism Andrea Wenzel is an assistant professor at the Klein College of Media and Communication at Temple University. She's been on our podcast a few times talking about community-centered journalism. Andrea has a new book about that subject coming out from the University of Illinois Press. Welcome back to the podcast, Andrea. Thank you. It's, it's delightful to be here. You have a new book, and I guess you have a new baby since uh, since we last spoke, so c- congratulations on two fronts. Thank you. Yes, I have a, a literary baby and an actual baby. Oh, okay, cool. Well, I hope... So which, which was the first deadline? <laughs> I think the, the book was to the publishers before the physical baby came along. So, <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. But anyway, you know, the last time we spoke was in August 2018. And, you know, you've been working on this book. So before we get too far into this, why don't you sort of give an overview of what community-centered journalism is? So the way I think about community-centered journalism is journalism that's produced for and with communities. And it often, in the case examples I look at, it often involves some combination of either engaged journalism or solutions journalism, but ideally combining the two. But the critical thing is that it really centers both the the needs of a community and its assets and kind of has the goal of improving the communication health of communities. So it's, I'm very upfront in saying that I'm not this book isn't necessarily about how to to save the journalism industry because it really kind of prioritizes the needs of communities. But I do think and I hope that those two things can be related, that through this process of community-centered journalism, it can repair a lot of the problems with journalism the way we've traditionally been practicing it. Our charge as journalists is we're supposed to cover our communities. How is this different than what we're supposed to be doing already? You know, traditionally, newsrooms have thought about things like working with communities, doing engagement can mean lots of different things, everything from social media metrics and things like that to more substantive face-to-face outreach and, you know, a range of different things. But I think traditionally, newsrooms have sort of been at the center of that. And, you know, they've been thinking about this sort of work as a way to extend their audience or subscribers or, you know, kind of thinking of it in a more transactional way. You know, there are a number of newsrooms who've tried to kind of push the boundaries on this. So it's, I'm not saying this is some brand new thing, but I think that the idea of community-centered journalism is trying to, you know, not put the newsroom necessarily at the center. In fact, some projects might actually be started by community members and work with newsrooms, but kind of have their core in the community. But the basic idea is that if, if you think about the communication health of a community, it'll end up benefiting everybody. <laughs> but that's a sort of a different motivation than what newsrooms have typically done. I know we've talked on the, in the past on the, on the podcast about this idea of sort of modern journalism is a move away from sort of broadcast. And I don't mean like broadcast as in TV and radio, but, you know, we're the expert on the mount reading the news to you, at you. And, mm-hmm. you know, community journalism, I guess, is the is kind of the opposite of that. It's more, 
you know, the community is more engaged in, in the storytelling, the story, the newsroom is less telling people they're more working with the community to tell the story, I guess. Yeah. So one thing I try to offer through this book is a, an idea of a sort of a process model that newsrooms or any, you know, not necessarily just newsrooms could take on and try. And basically it's fairly simple. It's a pretty simple idea. Basically you, you start out by trying to find out what information needs the community has and also what assets they have. So there, you know, there might already be things that are really helpful and valuable in a community. There might be like lots of strong community organizations or really vibrant social media pages, or, I mean, there might be a number of things already that exist that you can kind of collaborate with, but that you have this first step where you just kind of get a sense of what needs and assets are. And then you, you share what you find, what you learn from your, whatever your like research process is back with people and you bring them together pre-COVID in the same room, <laughs> now in the same Zoom chat or, you know, whatever virtual setting you want, and that you offer a chance for people, both community members, other local stakeholders, journalists, to discuss, you know, what, what is it that we've learned about what the community needs and has and what they want, and then work with them to kind of reimagine what a better relationship could look like and to ideally design some sort of pilot intervention you know so whatever that means is going to look very different depending on what community you're in but through that process of you know finding out what people want and need you know bringing them together to talk about it designing something with them you're going to come up with something that will you know hopefully be a way of, of connecting more genuinely with that community and then you can kind of follow that on and monitor how it goes and adjust accordingly so that's the sort of basic idea of having a community-centered process. Now, I know you were on the podcast a few years back with Sam Ford about a project that you had done together in, uh, is it Eastern? Kentucky. In Kentucky. Could you sort of go over that again as to how that worked? I talk a bit about that project in this book because that was, this process that I just mentioned kind of came from there. Um, that was sort of the first place to try that out. And so basically there we did this sort of research study where we, you know, we did a series of focus groups and you know, had people keep diaries and, and interviews. And we you know, had invited people to kind of reimagine like what a better relationship with local journalism looked like. And we worked within a couple of different initiatives that grew out of that process, including one with a hyperlocal there called the Ohio County Monitor you know, two man, two brother operation where they were trying to cover a very large county, but, you know, it's just really tough to do with these two people. And so they sort of reimagined some community traditions they had, including the concept of a society columnist, and a sort of very pre-Facebook idea of sending updates on so-and-so had a baby, so-and-so had a guest from out of town. It was sort of a way of really learning, like, what's going on and you know so and so you know needs some help cuz their family member's ill or you know whatever it might be and so they reimagined that as community contributors and that was just a way for them to then cover a larger section of the county because they had people who were writing occasional columns as contributors sort of sharing their stories and their different experiences they also did what they called liars table tour where they went around and this is not my words this is the words that they chose themselves where if you go into this part of, of Western Kentucky in a convenience store in the morning, you're often going to find a group of 
older gentlemen having coffee and as they would say, solving the world's problems. And, you know, that was sort of the way that local news circulated in their part of the county. And so these two guys running the hyper-local outlet would go around to these different liars tables and just sort of check in with them and, and find out, you know, what's going on? How can we connect our readers to this information and sort of use it as a way, as a way to sort of listen and understand what issues people cared about. We did this process of research from that. A number of small initiatives grew up that we kind of collaborated with different local outlets to, to pilot and then, you know, kind of continued to monitor and see how they went. So that that's the first attempt at this community-centered process. And I can see a couple of really kind of positive things that come out of it. One, you get different voices in your publication, you know, different perspectives. You're hooked up with the community and people who are walking around the town every day so that they see things that you're not going to be able to see. So in that sense, it, it sort of gives you a different voice. It gives you a different perspective on how things are covering it. And then also some insight into possible stories that come out of that. So, but, you know, on the other hand, you know, the, like a newsroom would also have a, a sort of a mission of covering, you know, covering the city government or covering, you know, high school sports or whatever. Does that type of reporting, can that be sort of worked into this community-centered reporting? Sure. I mean, I think to some degree that's certainly possible. I mean, like every community is different. And so like what they identify as their biggest need or, you know, what, what they kind of come up with as the intervention to make journalism better is probably going to look very different depending on what community you're in. But certainly like covering local government is, is a, an initiative that I don't know if you've talked with or I imagine you've come across the organization based in Chicago City Bureau um, and their documenters program. So I mean, I would, I would call the documenters program a community-centered initiative for sure because it's, you know, it's very much centering the needs and interests of, of community members. And, you know, they work with community members and compensate them for going out and recording different kinds of city meetings or local governance meetings, gathering data and, and entering it and making that something that's available, not only for journalists, but for citizens in general. So, I mean, I think, like, there's a number of different interpretations of this, this work that certainly would include, you know, covering local government and maybe in some places, sports would be part of that. It's, you know, I'm not saying this is the only kind of journalism that people are going to want. <laughs> I mean, I think there's certainly a need for different kinds of, of work. But, you know, in the, particularly the cases that I focused on in this book were mostly communities that historically had been marginalized or stigmatized in some way. Um, a lot of their interest was in trying to find an alternative to the sorts of coverage they had been getting, which had primarily been negative coverage, you know, coverage just of something terrible happening, whether it's crime or just another sort of terrible thing in their community, and wanting to have coverage that reflected them in a way that they saw as more fair, um, more representative of their community. So, you know, that was sort of the, the core um, desire that from a lot of these community members. Um, and so the initiatives that came out of that were in response. And so, you know, and then they took different forms in different communities. So I think that's, you know, one of the main things is that it's not going to generate a one size fits all solution, but it's sort of a process that can be applied in different places. One of the things you mentioned there is that it, it addresses 
maybe perception of the community or, or you know, negative aspect. Are there any other sort of, I don't know, problems that newsrooms are facing that this is really kind of addressing, you know, maybe like trust in media? Yeah, no, I mean, I think the trust problem, which has been, you know, so much part of our conversation in recent years is definitely part of what this is attempting to address. So, I mean, trust came up over and over again in the the research that I did for this book. Um, in turn, and it wasn't just you know a post twenty sixteen lack of trust in media. I mean that certainly was an element for some people, but in a lot of communities, particularly in communities of color that had been kind of covered negatively over the years. It was not a matter of rebuilding trust. It was a matter of building trust for the first time. <laughs> and so that you know, conversation about trust, I think, is definitely intertwined with this. I, I think when you give people an opportunity to sort of reimagine what a relationship with local journalism looks like, a key part of that is then kind of reimagining what would it mean to trust um, local journalism? What would that look like? And, and you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, not only feeling that something is more accurate, but also feeling that it represents their community in a way that's that they see as as fair and respectful, and feeling that they can ha- they can trust that the motives of the the coverage, the people doing the coverage, is benevolent, and so that those sort of a combination of of things is kind of intertwined. And I think when people you know when when you engage with folks in a community centered process, that effort to build trust is sort of has to come before anything else. Okay. You know, you, you mentioned there again, talking about, uh, you know, newsroom trying to cover a community of color or a, a segment of the, the community that they've never really covered before or, or covered comprehensively or successfully before. Let's do a little kind of exercise here. Let's say we, we recognize that there's a large segment of our population immigrant population, a segment of the population, uh, uh, people of color, that we haven't been really kind of covering. And what we're really concerned about is the impact of uh, COVID on their community. So as a newsroom, we decide, okay, we want to we figure out how we should cover this. What's the community-centered journalism approach to a, an issue like that? Well, I mean, I would say that, unfortunately, like, that's a little late to be asking that question. <laughs> it's like asking how to cover this isn't quite the right question. Well, I guess or, more I was thinking of, like, the impact. How is it impacted? Yeah, I think that you're raising a really good point. So <laughs> it's it's just that, like, journalists need to think about that before they're working on a deadline. Like, this sort of work really ideally should happen before you're working on a story. It would be about how do you you know, figure out who it is you're you're interested in in working with and then finding out what it is that they see as the issues that are important and what concerns they have and kind of going to them very open and not being like, okay, I've got this idea for a project. <laughs> you know, but like going to them first and finding out, okay, don't do all the dreaming up of the solution before you talk with them. And, you know, don't dream up like exactly how your coverage is going to look before you talk with them, like talk with them first um, and find out, you know, what are their information needs? What are like, how do they get information already? Like, what are the, you know, what has their experience been like with maybe your outlet or media more broadly? What would be valuable to them? Um, And trying to understand better, like, what it is they actually want and need 
because it might be different. And so like, like they might provide a different question or a different like solution and a different than, than you were really even asking or thinking about. So, I mean, I think the earlier you can start to start, it's about relationship building. Um, there's an organization free press that is really great at talking about building relationships between communities and journalists. And they have a lot of resources and suggestions about this. I mean, a lot of those, the ideas, a lot of this community centered journalism work is very closely linked to community organizing practices. And, you know, one of the tactics that, that a lot of these projects use are community organizing practices. So, you know, it's about having one-on-one conversations with, with different community stakeholders and trying to you know, really build up relationships not the moment that you're working on a story and trying to like get something from somebody. So not just going in and trying to get a quote, but having a, you know, building up a relationship over time so you can build trust, so you can understand what it is that would be valuable for this community. And so that sort of like that work before, you know, crazy things happen is, is, you know, really ideal. And then that way, once, when things do come up, you sort of already have that groundwork and you already have a base to work with and, and people aren't going to be, you know, they're not going to feel like you're just parachuting in when something bad happens. Right. I guess the mistake I made in both of those examples that I gave was just that the assumption that, oh, this is the story. And I think what you're saying is, no, you need to actually have that conversation first to actually find out what the story is because, Maybe a particular community wasn't impacted by COVID. Maybe a particular community isn't really particularly interested in the election. They're much more interested in something else. Yeah. And, but I mean, I would say that like what you explained was, was probably the, you know, absolutely the way most people operate, you know, and understandably so, you know, I mean, if, if you're in a newsroom and, and you're, you know, have limited resources, like this is, this is the way things have been done and it's just a matter of figuring out like how is there some way of kind of tweaking things or carving out enough time to you know to, to do some of this groundwork you know before you have a deadline yeah and i guess this goes back to what i was saying before about us no longer being the you know the authority the broadcaster that we need to start we need to be leading with listening which is probably something we've always should have been doing and let other people to tell us a little bit more about what we're doing than, than sort of making these assumptions of, uh, about what is news and, and what is the news you need rather than okay. having you tell me this is really kind of the news, news I need. I need to know, you know, if the schools are going to be open. I need to know this or that, not, you know, what you're, you're looking for. You know, one of the questions I, I sort of gave you ahead of time, and I was just sort of looking at that, and I was wondering, can community-centered journalism scale? I mean, is this something that works better on a, on a certain size newsroom? One of the things you just said was, you know, finding the time with limited resources. I mean, we're all strapped. Is this something a newsroom with limited resources could really dedicate the time necessary to do a project like this? I mean, so there's, there's like two parts to that that I'll try to answer. One is that like, I don't, I would argue that for this, I don't think we need to be thinking about scale and, and quite the way that scale is often talked about. And what I mean by that is just every community is going to have different needs and different assets. And so the the intervention that makes sense for them is going to look differently. So I don't think you can go through this process in one neighborhood of Philadelphia and pick it up and put it down in a different neighborhood of Philadelphia, let alone in a different state or country or wherever, you know. 
what you can do is you can follow a process and I argue that this process is portable. You can take this process of, you know, checking in with people and doing whatever research you can, convening them to co-design a project or an intervention and then testing it out and following it. That process, you can pick that up from one place and try it in a different place. It's just that the, what's going to grow out of it is going to be different. I don't think that we should be trying to scale this sort of work necessarily because i think that when we do that we we're trying to kind of like use you know a square thing to, to fix the problem of a circle or and i'm not i'm going to totally not make sense in my analogy there but <laughs> i don't think that it's i don't think it works i think it's a fairly you know common mistake to make it's like you come up with something that worked one place and you try it somewhere else and it if it's not really resonating with what that community needs and it's probably not going to be sustainable. But the other part of your question I think is possibly trickier and really important in that, you know, how do you do this work with limited resources? And I do think it's possible for different types of outlets, different sizes of outlets to do this work. I think it, it'll just look different. And in fact, like, you know, some of the projects I've looked at haven't even been run by a normal newsroom they've been more like community members and like can be really scrappy grassroots efforts but there's other conversations that are probably beyond the scope of this conversation about how journalism is funded and i would argue that until we have public funding for journalism in some respect we're going to always be sort of sticking things together with tape and bubblegum or something because most of these projects end up being dependent on philanthropy to some extent or just really scrappy, um, but but you know you can do this sort of work from a small nonprofit, from a startup, but also from a large newsroom. It's because it's more about the sort of your orientation and a process you follow than a specific project or intervention. The scale that you take in terms of like how how big your project is is going to vary. I think we each have our own idea of when we say what a newsroom is. But some of what we're talking here is this sort of squishy journalism, not journalism area. There used to be this thing called like citizen journalism. You know, there people take pictures and put them on Twitter and, and they were calling themselves journalists. It's a very dismissive thing to say, but it's, you know, bear with me for a second. You know, you, you talk about community groups or, or nonprofits or, or whatever using these types of tools to create this content that is valuable to an audience but does not necessarily gel into content that a newsroom creates but that doesn't mean that it is any less value to the valuable to the community i think that's a, certainly that's an important thing to do especially if we're talking about you know newsrooms whatever those newsrooms might be but understanding that this is creating content or a value for a community that a news news outlet can be a part of and may, through that process, create content or resources that are useful to community, but it, but it may not. It may be something that comes from the community. It comes from a nonprofit. Like I said, it's a kind of squishy area between journalism and, you know, community activism. I think. I think that that's fair. You know, you're starting with the question of like, how do we have healthier communities? How do we improve the communication in communities rather than how do we have better journalism? Like that's, I'm sort of starting with the, the previous question, not the latter question. And so 
I think a lot of times. Well, this is a journalism, journalism podcast. It's not. As yeah, well, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's I think in the process of answering how to improve the communication health of communities, journalism is often part of that. But I think that by asking that question in that way, it'll do it in a way that kind of pushes some boundaries there. And that it might be that journalists end up collaborating with people that they wouldn't normally collaborate with. So, I mean, they might end up, you know, working with community members or working with organizations or, or producing resources that are information, but aren't necessarily stories in the traditional way. Because I think that when you ask people, what do they need? The answer isn't always, you know, I want this beautiful story or, you know, I want, a lot of times that's very much appreciated, but sometimes it's, you know, I need to know, you know, where the, like the food pickup is going to be, or I need to know like where I get like these basic resources in my community. And especially when we start asking different kinds of people that question, and we're not just asking, you know, subscribers who come from a certain class background or sort of the so-called usual suspects who we hear from a lot, you know, and try to expand to communities that we aren't necessarily connected to, what they want is can look quite different. And I'm not sure if you've talked about on the podcast before a while ago, a number of folks, some of the city bureau folks and also from free press and outlier media folks, they put together this hierarchy of information needs. Harry Backlum from City Bureau had a post about it. But like, I think a lot of the stuff that, you know, I've come across when talking to people is people wanting information that might be kind of at the base of that pyramid. And, you know, when a lot of the energy in journalism is focused more towards the top of that pyramid, the more narrow section, which is where, you know, you get like the sort of award-winning storytelling. So it's not that we don't want to do that great work but that we also want to make sure we're addressing these really important needs that people have. Once we begin the conversation, once we begin the idea that it's important for all journalists to be listening up front rather than going out and I need a quote for this. This is what, you know, having those assumptions ahead of time of what the story is, but actually going out there and trying to find out what the story is from the people who are actually involved in it and then learning from them what it is they want to get back from your involvement. It may be news. It may not be. It may be something else. But it's all established in that conversation at the beginning. And the other thing, it's I think there's been a long tradition in journalism where, you know, editors would have sit-downs with members of the community just to, you know, talk about what's going on. I think there's a tradition of that. But it always came back to, well, what stories can I generate out of this for my paper so I can sell papers or, you know, whatever, sell advertising. So I'm not exactly sure where I am with this now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, well, I think you pointed out that this is like, there are elements of these, this kind of work, there is definitely a tradition of it. And, you know, you had public journalism and civic journalism doing a lot of the work that now we talk about as engaged journalism. I mean, there's, there's been a number of different strands and traditions that I think there's kind of, they link up and are definitely related. Yeah, none of this is like, you know, brand new. Nothing's new under the sun. (laughs) No. (laughs) Helena Banyas, we had on the the podcast, she's with the Philadelphia Inquirer, where Temple is actually located. Yeah. And uh, she does some great work with, you know, she goes to community meetings, she goes to libraries and things and sets up tables and listens to people. 
And that's kind of how she gets her stories. And that's how she ends up in the things that she's writing. She's, she said, you know, there are people who are, whose, whose stories are not being told. I need to go into the community. I need to break down barriers and say, look, you know, whatever I've done before, you know, whatever coverage there's been before I'm here now, I want to hear your story. Now I want to know what is important to you and how I can and cover the story that you're telling. And there are people like that doing that type of stuff. And you mentioned city bureau, you mentioned the documenters in providing information that is of value, but is maybe not a traditional approach to journalism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, she's at a, a mainstream newspaper here in Philly and does great work. And yeah, she does these pop-ups. There are folks within larger institutions that are doing this sort of work and kind of carving out a space for it. I think it's a great illustration of how it is possible. You know, there's also, Philly is kind of blessed in having, um, I think, a lot of support for this sort of work. And so you have the public radio station here does a lot of community-centered journalism and they've collaborated with some of the projects that I've been involved on and, you know, doing things like having accountability conversations with communities. So one of the projects that came out of this research is called the Germantown Info Hub, and it's located in one neighborhood in Philly that many of the people told us they felt that they had been kind of stigmatized by negative coverage and crime coverage over the years. And we're kind of frustrated with journalists. So we formed this sort of community-driven project called the Germantown Info Hub. And one of the things that we do is have these monthly community discussions. Now, of course, everything is online, but back in the day, (laughs) we could get people together in the same room. And if a reporter from the public radio station or from other outlets had done some coverage of the neighborhood, we'd invite them to come and talk with community members directly about the stories that they'd done. And so WHYY participated in in several of these. And it was really productive because you had opportunities to get feedback that was sometimes critical. But I think the community members were always very respectful of the fact that these journalists were coming in and kind of making themselves vulnerable to, to feedback and sort of really appreciated that. And there was often these very interesting exchanges. So for example, one of the critiques community members had was, you know, you, you tend to talk to the same sources all the time. You tend to talk to the same people, including so-and-so who, you know, pointed to someone in the room at the time. <laughs> and she was like, oh yeah, they, they call me all the time. I try to tell them to talk to other people too, but, you know, it just happens. And then they asked the reporter, you know, so why do you always talk to her? And the reporter was like, well, you know, she gives good quotes. And so they had to sort of have a conversation to unpack, like, what does that mean? You know, what does that mean to give good quotes? Like, how could that be problematic? And how can you kind of think about that more critically? And, and so it just led to this really productive discussion about how, how journalists interact with community members and, you know, what their expectations are and, you know, how, how that might be possible to be, make that different and more complex. And so that was just one example of how like a, a larger news organization can be involved in this sort of work and you know they, they do a number of other things and many other outlets do as well but but yeah I mean I think it's something where you have folks doing really interesting things all over the you know in, in different kinds of news organizations. So Andrea again what is the name of the book? It's community-centered journalism engaging people exploring solutions and building trust. 
and uh, it's already, I guess you can get it on Amazon, and it's uh, available. Uh, Andrea, thanks again for coming on the podcast. It's always great catching up with you. Congratulations to the book. Congratulations on on the new kid, and uh, take care of yourself. Thank you so much. You too. You've been listening to It's All Journalism, a weekly podcast about the people who make the news. You can find out more about us and download past episodes at itsalljournalism.com. While you're visiting our website, why not sign up for the It's All Journalism newsletter? You'll get all the latest info about our podcast, including episode notes and news about live events and upcoming interviews. Go to itsalljournalism.com to subscribe. It takes a lot of people to create an episode of It's All Journalism. Nicole Grisco produced this episode. Amber Healy wrote our web content. Nick Dupre wrote our theme music. Emilia Brust helped with our booking. Nicholas Hunter provided a web assist. And I'm your host, Michael O'Connell. Thanks for listening. 